brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Do you feel like you're the only young person who cares about your Catholic faith? Do you look around at Mass and only see silver foxes? We're Jake and Kathy, a young adult married couple, and we're here to tell you, you're not alone. That's why it's time to get Truth Pops. You're going to get a podcast designed specifically for you, a young adult Catholic in a pop culture world. The countdown is on for Truth Pop. We'll connect Christ into culture. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that's known Ohanament family since Stitch taught us in 2002, it's Sif Pop. Sif Pop streaming live most weekends are available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Ooh, ah. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and he's my yoked and youthful co-host, Andrew Ormsby. Oh, boy. And each week, we'll chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. How you doing, man? Good. Yeah? Ready to do a little haka? Yeah, yeah, I think that would be appropriate. Yeah, considering the rocks in the movie we're talking about today, and I think that was Roman Reigns too. I, yeah, I think. I, I mean, is that's it, not really a spoiler or anything? I think at some point we just rename the Haka the Raka. Yeah, right. Like at some point, I mean, it's just kind of one of those things, right? Yeah, Roman Reigns is in the trailer, so yeah, that's what I thought. Um, I'm excited to talk about Hobbs and Shaw. Finally, it's been a couple weeks. Thank you for giving us a week off. Yeah, uh, how'd everybody enjoy their rest? Everybody good? My, I forgot to turn my alarm to wake up off. <laughs> so, so you woke up last Saturday? So I woke up ready last Saturday, go? ready to go. And nice. then I'm like, but it was one of those amazing moments. Do you ever like wake up a little bit early and then you're like, oh, I can go back to sleep? Yeah. Oh, it was one of those. So thank you for that. Nice. I really appreciate it. That is a good it. feeling. Yeah. When you, you wake up that. and you're like, even if it's like, you know, 20 minutes, sure. you're like, oh, I'm a king right now. That all assumes <laughs> that you can go back to sleep. I see that's something I haven't mastered, the ability to go back to sleep. 
I if can, I've slept eight hours, I've slept eight hours, I'm up, let's go. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's weird. I think it's my medication, but I can literally fall asleep anytime I want. Wow. It doesn't it, seem healthy, it, Andrew. No, not at all. <laughs> I could sleep ten hours and, like, you know, get up, eat some food. And, and then still like, sleep. And then go right back to sleep. Yeah. I'm just so regimented, man. Like, I was on a vacation recently, and I still was up at seven every morning. Like, it, it's just my body's just like, this is what we do. We yep. go to sleep at 11. We wake up at 7. That's how we roll. Yep. And so. I go to sleep at 7. So. <laughs> We're on opposite schedules. We are. Except on Saturdays. Yeah. We force Andrew to be a part of the daylight. It's yeah. amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun uh, today. It is good to be back. Thank you for hanging out with us, for joining us. Thank you for being awesome. Uh, it's been so cool to see some of the feedback recently, see the continued growth of the podcast recently um it's it's been a ton of fun and continue the live streaming thing on youtube continues to be awesome audio podcast uh, it is an audio podcast right now i'm letting the people know during the audio podcast that there is a video podcast yeah. uh, part at least a video uh, portion of it uh, that you can go check out um so yeah we'll do all the usual stuff we've got the uh, buried treasure at the end we'll be doing a sift quest where we talk a little bit about anthology shows uh, which should be fun. We've got a best ever challenge, best ever frenemy movies, which mm. almost every movie you could kind of stretch to be in this category. But I kind of gave myself a little bit more rules. I, I mean, how I you... didn't give myself rules <laughs> and spoilers for up ahead. I didn't even make it out of my top 10 movies ever. <laughs> Before I filled up my list. Yeah, so. I put a little restrictions uh, on mine. We can talk about that when we get to it. Yeah. Um, and, of course, we're going to review Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw, because you have to say the full title. Yes. Um, when you uh, go to the movie theater. My friend, when we went and saw this, actually, I saw it with friends, um, requested tickets to Cal the Calvin and Hobbes movie. Oh, and, man. And, um, and the person behind the, the ticket, you know, the ticket taker, was like, do you mean... Hobbs and Shaw, and he said, yeah, the Calvin and Hobbes movie. Like, you know, just wanting her just to go along and play yeah. along, and she she, she was like, she was doing her job, man. No. She was making sure she sold the right ticket. She did not take any improv classes. Nope. <laughs> no, she, no yes anding from there, her. There was a lot of no budding. Yeah. Uh, there was not any yes anding there. Uh, but we like to kick it off with some Do We Care? Every single week, I scare with the internet to find <laughs> nice. out what is going on in the entertainment world. I pick some topics for us to discuss, and we must decide... Do we care or not? Number one, real quick though, I gotta tell you guys, I had this one written down already, but Phil sent this to me, and I'm like, okay, so this must be a pretty big story. Well, we gotta talk about it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Movie Pass CEO Mitch Lowe allegedly ordered employees to change the passwords of subscribers without them knowing, in order to keep them from using the service. Also, a system was implemented to where, after a certain amount of tickets were sold nationally, it would tell you on the app that there were no more showings available. At yeah. your local theater. I knew that. We that all happened knew to me. that, right? Yeah. That I, there was no way when when they were all that was going down and they were short on money or whatever, and it's like yeah. no showings of it. Like I, that one, I knew. Yeah. The changing passwords thing is kind of like next level yeah. awful. Like it is just like next level corporate megalomaniacal bad guy just doing messed up stuff. Yeah. Um, I th that company, man. Like when I, I, when will these things end like we're gonna i think i just feel like we're gonna keep hearing more and more craziness 
uh, about what happened with the whole... There will be a movie someday. There will be a movie past movie, right? Yeah. I mean, the more that comes out, I mean, you have to believe. I, I, yeah. I kind of hope... The theatrical these, network. I, I kind of hope these guys go to jail maybe a little bit. Like, you know, there's a part of this that is what wrong, is, right? What, oh, it's absolutely wrong, but I think that there's something within their terms of service or whatever where they say we can yeah, do whatever possibly. we want you know possibly but i still think a judge would would yeah. consider that out of bounds it's kind of like contracts you know judges can take a contract and yeah. go okay this is in the fine print but there wasn't a an awareness of yeah. it like judges are able Within to the realm of you know reason. common sense yeah, yeah common sense and reason and so i think they could do that with these guys but yeah. But yeah, I mean, what are you going to sue them for? They don't have any money. <laughs> like I said, I don't need any money from them. Uh, I, I got all the money I wanted out of them. The reason they're yeah. in trouble is because they gave me so much money. It's true. Um, so that's not the part of it at all. I just kind of hope they go for go to jail for you know being such frauds. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's it's just one of the it's just kind of that justice thing where it's like you just can't you just can't get away with it. it's like the it is the fire festival, right? Like it is I the, was literally just it, about to say, movie passes the fire festival. It of really movie. is. Yeah. The the difference is the fire festival was this. It complete, never worked. <laughs> yeah, it, well, it never worked, and it also was you know people know about music festivals. The difference is Movie Pass did this, changed the movie industry. Yeah, but did it in such a fraudulent way. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. <laughs> Napster that turned into fire festival. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of in that way. Yeah. Well, and, and it's so it's so funny because they got the the press they wanted from making it so cheap mm -hmm. uh, in the first place but I don't know why they didn't sooner just go hey we gotta rise up, raise our prices yeah. well you know people are obviously you know, willing like to pay what 20 a bucks company would do what's that yeah <laughs> I mean, people are willing to pay, obviously, 20 bucks. AM, the AMC one's 20 bucks. Mm. Um, the new, I don't know what the new Regal one is, but I'm, I think it's right around 20 bucks a month. Yeah. Um, people, unlimited movies for 20 bucks a month, people are going to do that. Um, shh, don't tell anyone, I'd probably do it for 30. You know what I mean? Like, it, for me, it makes sense. Now, at some point, it's for true. most people, it starts not to make sense. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it makes sense even for me and, and my wife to do it. You know, she goes to enough movies with me. So At the same time, though, I don't think people who are just casually going to the movies really would be interested in a movie pass type of subscription. They would just pay a regular ticket price, you know. It, the movie pass, like the movie subscription service, is made for people like us. No, that's true. So. Yeah. That's true. Um, you know, at 20 bucks a month, it can be justified, especially with the AMC one. Like, if you if you like to go see the big format movies, like, if you like to go see IMAX, um, you know, the, the, the big Dolby tickets that, you know, are yeah. more expensive, that kind of stuff, you can justify it as one ticket a month. You know what I mean? Those tickets are 20 bucks. So, yeah. it's, I don't know, it, it, it does make a lot of sense for a lot of people, but... I really believe we'll be renting everything in the future. We will have monthly payments for everything we do in the future. Uh, I think cars will go that route. I've talked about that before. You'll just pay a monthly car service and you'll get picked up and taken to wherever you want uh, at any point in time. And you'll just pay a hundred bucks a month or whatever the case may be. Um, and it's self-driving cars are going to be a huge part of that. You'll get picked up by a self-driving car, dropped off by a self-driving car. And I, I think we're 10, 15 years away from that. If that. 
you think I'm gonna? We're getting really philosophical this here. This is what we do. Yeah. Do you think that you know human nature, like the the primitive side of us, and just wanting to own things, would outweigh that in any way? I don't know. Do you? I mean, look at the the physical media industry. Right. It's no. kind of dying. There still are people that want physical media. I like having it. I've started buying it again. I like having those cool steel books. They're really nifty. Yeah. Um, I do like owning stuff. Uh, but for the most part, no, I don't think people care. I don't think it, it just, I mean, maybe at some point it kicks in, but, um, I just think I, we're going to be paying monthly fees to people who own the stuff that we use yeah. for the most part. I, I mean, I was going to say houses might even go that way. I mean, houses kind of do go that way, especially uh, I live in, in an apartment, so. I know in big cities, uh, especially yeah. the, you know, most people who live in metropolis type cities are paying a monthly rent. They're not yeah. owning the building they live in or the apartment they live in. Uh, that's not a hundred percent, but you know, so a it, majority. Yeah, it'll be interesting. But I, yeah, I think we are going to live in a world full of monthly fees. Yep. So and I think that's okay. Yeah. Number two. Number two. Andy Circus is going to be directing Venom 2. I so very much care, and yes. I am so excited for this. I mean, motion capture god Andy Circus, right. along with a high-grossing film like the first Venom movie, I, the potential here is phenomenal because not only, you know, does he know how motion capture works? Everything he does with motion capture is like next level. Uh, when aesthetically, it looks so good. I, I mean, you saw um, Mowgli, yeah, uh, which is the best Jungle Book movie of that. I, I think it's great. Yeah, he directed that. I, I've just I've really enjoyed his work. Did you see the what's the breathing? It's breath. Is it just called breath, or I can't remember what it's called. The it movie was he first, directed. Yeah, the first one he directed. Yeah. Have you seen it? No. Okay, I did see it. It's really good, uh, and it's different than you would think. Like, well, certainly different than Venom Two, and it's different than Mowgli. So, yeah. um, I I think he's a good director, and I think this is going to be a good sign for the Venom universe, uh, which conceptually is interesting. And Tom Hardy playing that character is great. Yeah. Uh, it's just uh, it like he may be able to fix those things I didn't like about the original Venom. Like so. the whole, you can't tell what's going on because it's just strings of blob yes. everywhere. Yeah. Yes. And as well as the tonal inconsistencies in that movie. Yeah. Um, bother me as well. So I, I'm excited. This the, yeah, this is definitely, I definitely yeah. care about that. Uh, we can't forget that Woody Harrelson is going to be reprising his role as Cletus Cassidy, nice. a.k.a. Carnage, which I'm super stoked. It's going to be the first time. And by the time it comes out, maybe Tom Holland will be... Uh, be free of the Marvel stuff and just in the Sony stuff and they'll take Spider-Man back and Marvel and will not have any rights to it and that's <laughs> never gonna happen man never. I don't know it's gonna be interesting this is the, the next one's the last one they have any kind of contractual obligation to so or I've said it before Disney would buy Sony before they let the property <laughs> go away we'll see if we'll see if the uh, the uh, people in the governments uh, let Disney buy any more movie companies <laughs> What would the public outcry be if Sony said, no, you can't have Spider-Man back? How would that be beneficial for them? I I mean, <laughs> they've got the Spider-Verse. They've got the Venom-Verse. Both seem to be doing okay. Like, that's the benefit is, you know, they just get to keep all the merchandising and everything yeah. at that point. I still think the public outcry would crush Sony. And, and by the way... Uh, 
as far as Sony, they're not a very profitable company. Right. And that's the thing. The deal they have right now is a pretty sweet deal. Yeah. They get 100% of the profits yeah. from those movies. Yeah. Disney doesn't see a dime of the like the theater-going profits. They just see the, the merchandising profits that come. Uh, from having Spider-Man in with the crew, so yeah. and not that that's not in, not that that's nothing. It's nothing compared to right. movie price. So it's like Disney is making movies for Sony to make money. Yeah, it's really fascinating. Yeah. Um, by the way, the only profitable part of Sony is PlayStation. Number three. Number three. Amazon will be bringing produ- will begin production on a new series starring Nick Frost and Simon Pegg titled Truth Seekers, which is about a group of paranormal investigators. Uh, I don't think that Edgar Wright is attached to this. Oh, that's but unfortunate. I know. Regardless, <laughs> though, getting these two guys back together. Yeah. Oh, well, they've worked together outside with Edgar Wright. They did Paul together, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was funny. It's yeah, I didn't not, like it's, Paul. It's, it's not. That's my thing. I didn't really like Paul. Really, yeah. I don't think it. Com- I thought it was funny, but it doesn't compare to the Cornetto. Or well, no, because Edgar Spaced. Wright is a genius. Yes. Like, he just makes great movies. That's all he does is make great movies. So yeah. the Edgar Wright piece missing is a little bit worrisome to me. However, yeah. I do love these guys. So yeah. obviously I'll, you know, check it out and be interested in seeing it. But well, it just feels like it fits perfectly into what would be, you know, a continuation of that Cornetto, you know, type of filming. You know, everything had its own genre, you know, zombies, uh, action cop drama, and then, you know, alien invasion, and now ghosts. I mean, it just seems like it's the perfect transition for these guys to hit every single type of genre. Yeah. I just wish they were doing it with... Edgar Wright. With the right the right person. Hey, uh, see what I did there? I did it. Wrap it I'm up back. For Do We Care. <laughs> or is it going to wrap it up for Do We Care? What, do you got uh, something? I do have something I want to talk about, just briefly at least. Uh, Netflix is canceling shows left and right again, which is really interesting to me. Uh, Took and Birdie is this animated show that they canceled that has a little bit of a, a fan base, but then they also canceled The OA, which yeah, I am part of the fan base of. Apparently there's this theory going on. This around. is what I want to talk about. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. There's this. Thing. I, I don't know because I don't like the OA, so right, I didn't read right. too much into it. So go ahead, because you've so, seen the second season. I, I have seen the second season. Yeah. I'm going to spoil the second season. So if you are ever thinking about going back and watching the two seasons that are out of the OA, which by the way, don't. a weird, crazy show uh, that the first season I wouldn't even necessarily recommend, even though I kind of enjoyed it. Second season is great, uh, according to me. <laughs> Um, and not many others, apparently. Uh, but the second season ends. Have I even told you this, how the second season ends? No. The second season ends with them transitioning. They transition between worlds, thanks to these movements that they can do, right? Yeah. Uh, they transition to a world where they are all of a sudden being called by their actor names. And it's on the set of a show called The O.A., so the final scene of the second season, she's being called Brittany, Brittany Murphy, I think, right, is her name, and Jason Isaacs. Yeah. So they're calling him Jason and Brittany, and, you know, and she falls uh, 
to be injured in that final scene while on set. So there's like an onset injury during the shooting of this show called The OA. And, you know, it's just, it's it's one of those mind bendy, mind blowing kind of things yeah. where you're like, okay, what is going on? So the theory that you're talking about is the idea that this quote unquote cancellation is part of the promotion for season three and that the show within the show is being canceled yeah. uh, and not the actual show, the OA. Do I believe it? No. I'm 70% sure Netflix is actually canceling the OA. But there is that 30% that wants to believe it. Also because I went back and read the statement from the Netflix person, who, by the way, wasn't the head of programming. It was somebody, uh, I think, specifically with the OA, mm-hmm. who, if you read that specific paragraph, never says the actual show is canceled. It just says, we're sad to see, you know, the show not be with, uh, you know, it just kind of works its way around it. And then Jason Isaacs and Brittany Murphy are posting interesting things on you know instagram and twitter that could be interpreted as the characters from the show within the show yeah so that's where the 30 percent comes from but it's not convincing enough to me to really think there's going to be a third season i've but, heard people say that if it is true that this is all just marketing that is uh-huh. the greatest marketing ploy for I any want, show ever i agree i'm maybe i'm i don't know i'd have to think about that but i will agree that i want it to be true like it's one of those things where yeah. i want them to have pulled something like this because if it is true they really did pull it like people mm-hmm. do think the oa is canceled like even i think the 70 percent, like i said the oa is canceled yeah. Um, so I think it would be it would be a great promotional for them to go. Oh no, it was the show within the show. Now it does spoil the end of the second season if that's kind of the whole promotion thing. But maybe at some point they're just like, look, we're we're willing to do a show that does anything it wants. Yeah. You know. Um, man, it's just I am going to miss this show because it's kind of it reminds me of what must people must like about like Twin Peaks or those kind of things, which I don't like at all. Yeah. Which is there's just an, an anything can happen weirdness to it. The difference is with the OA is it feels more um, positive. It feels more encouraging. It feels more uh, like it's trying to tell uh, it, like the message of it is trying to make sense where I don't feel like Twin Peaks, even the message of it is trying to make sense. So, um, so maybe that's why I feel like it's a little bit different. Anyway, I just wanted to yeah, talk about sure. that uh, a little bit. Well, I'm just, I'm, I'm going back to the first season and, and I'm not really finding a lot of positivity in it, you know? Well, the whole thing, I'm school school shootings, rape, a whole bunch of crazy. Right. But they're fighting their way through. Like the whole point of the 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 whole idea, at least as I see the show, is that the mystery of life is that positivity can overcome those negative things. You know, the idea that they saved all those people because of the movements, this weird thing that they did when the school shooting was you know supposed to happen so the only person that got shot was Brittany murphy herself you know yeah so anyways i find the show fascinating i find this theory fascinating uh to be to be determined yeah uh, right now again i i think it's actually canceled and i'm sad about that but boy i think that would be great if it's not <laughs> that would be amazing well all right, so now... That's going to wrap it up for Do We there Care. There we go. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Hobbs and Shaw. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... Oh, oh. There's two of them and $2 billion worth of us. If the three of us don't work together, billions of people will die. Your sister is one of the toughest, baddest... 
most capable women I've ever encountered. No one could do it better. What kind of girl? I see what you're doing. You think I'm stupid? Of course I think you're stupid. Whoa! We're gonna need cars and guns. Oh, I can handle that part. <laughs> Ever since hulking lawman Hobbs, a loyal agent of America's diplomatic security service, and lawless outcast Shaw, a former British military elite operative, first faced off in 2015's Furious 7, the duo have swapped smack talk and body blows as they've tried to take each other down. But when cyber-genetically enhanced anarchist Brixton gains control of an insidious bio-threat that could alter humanity forever, these two sworn enemies will have to partner up to bring down the only guy who might be Badder than themselves. <laughs> All right, Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. This is technically a Fast and Furious universe movie. Yeah. It is not a Fast and Furious movie, though, right? Like, are we distinguishing between those two things? Yeah. Because there's kind of the, you know... No family. Yeah, the timeline proper, and then this is kind of like a spinoff. Um, but it's definitely a, an attempt to make an extended universe, which I think is fascinating. Mm -hmm. Those have usually failed, except for the MCU. Uh, yeah. So uh, it's doing well. I mean, it's making good money. It's got The Rock. It's got Jace, Jason Statham. Um, so what did you think? Did you like it? Uh, love it? Dislike it? Hate it? Or it was just okay? Oh, man. I did not like this movie. <laughs> oh, like a strong dislike. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. I'm I'm the exact opposite end. Uh, strong like of this movie. Uh, boy, there were times I thought I loved it. Really? Uh, yeah. And I, you know, I'm going to, here's what I'm going to be up front of right off the bat. I think context is so much more of our movie going experience than we like to admit. Uh, but I am willing to admit that part of the reason I love this movie is because of who I saw it with, the situation I saw it in. Um, it's just flat. When you get to hang out with friends, you don't often get to hang out with people you love watching movies with. Uh, these are guys I went to college with, and we all went and watched the movie together with our you know kids and had a great time. And not only that, but one of them is what I call a movie reactor, which he just can't help himself if something crazy happens on screen. Mm. He'll you know oh. Or, you know, he's just like, he's into it, man. Yeah. And those kind of people are so much fun to watch this kind of movie with. Yeah. And so I will fully admit that my experience is shaded by that. But I will try try to be analytical about this, kind of look at it as a film. Um, but it's kind of that same thing. I'll start here. It's that same thing I continue to say about the Fast and Furious movies, right? It knows what it is. This universe understands what it is now. Yeah. And it's superheroes. It's not actual human beings you know what i mean like yeah. it's it's over the top it's ridiculous it's you know willing to go places it's hilarious um in this movie i think continues that you know from what would we say four or five five is where it really locked in for me but i think oh, even the... from fast four they yeah. started to figure out kind of what this movie um you know this uh, the universe could be yeah what the universe tone was going to be and i think this movie continues it along so i had a really good time yeah i had so much fun well, good did you think it was funny at least yeah parts of it okay <laughs> yeah. well uh, okay so i'll say this this is a pro and a con the banter back and forth between hobbs and shaw uh rock and statham mm -hmm. is great for most of the movie until i got tired of it i'm like okay <laughs> i get it because it was just a redoing the same you know mock self or a mockery of each other over and over again i'm like okay you can't just but with new fun phrases yeah <laughs> sure 
<laughs> and in new fun ways. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, like, it's funny that a lot of that stuff was ad-libbed, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it just adds that little bit of a, a giddiness to it, I guess. Because you... It's, it's hard for me to say what I want to say because a lot of what I don't like about this movie is very specific. Yeah. And I have to wait for spoilers. For spoilers. Yeah. We can talk around some stuff, but... Yeah. Um, I mean, my I will f- say this, though. Idris Elba is a pretty good villain. Yes. And he is over the top as well. Yeah. I mean, the dude's first line is, I'm the bad guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's all it's all right there on the page. Nobody's going for anything too super deep here, you yeah. know? Um, although the movie, I think, does also continue the idea of family as in the Fast and Furious movies, but it does it in more of kind of a forced... It was going to uh, say it's very forced. It is. It is much more of a forced and almost a jarringly different way like the it's almost like there's a separate movie that happens at the end of this movie that has that in it and i mean it's it has listen it's not out of nowhere nowhere it has been mentioned and building up and that kind of stuff but it feels more out of nowhere uh than i think it should i think it's because whenever we talk about family in the fast and furious franchise and universe We've been with a specific group of people, and we refer to them specifically as the family, whereas this is a new group of people being introduced, and I think that the producers or director, writer, whatever, is expecting us to go, oh, you mentioned family, so we're supposed to care about them automatically, where in reality, you have to give us a reason and, you know... Uh, we have to actually care about these people. You can't just say family and we hate, like, oh, we love them. Okay, because they're family. What do you think about the the uh, father-daughter stuff with The Rock? Did that work for you? Yeah, I, sure. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Vanessa Kirby? Uh, the super hot uh, <laughs> <Sure>. agent. Her? <laughs> yes. Look at that. Beautiful. It's Beautiful. A, uh, oh, she, a, she was good. It's an audio podcast. She was... Probably the most grounded in reality out of all of the characters. And I mean that from a personality standpoint. I thought she was great. I thought she did a great job. I think she is uh, definitely someone to look at. Like you said, I think (laughs) Idris Elba. uh, Also, I mean, everybody in this movie is somebody to look at. Like, if you're going to go complete, like, physical specimen attractiveness. It's true. Uh, they're gorgeous people uh, yeah. in this film. Uh, so, I think they even make fun of that. Like how, I think it was his daughter, like, are all spies normally this? <laughs> He's like, no. Yeah. That's a very, very... Uh, it's a select group. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing I would say, my favorite part of this movie, I can't even fully talk about until spoilers, uh, but this movie had a couple of surprises in it. I even tweeted about this, the fact that I think, unfortunately, these surprises that this movie has will be spoiled for most people after the first weekend because we don't think of it as being a spoiler. Um, and what's interesting is the movie itself definitely wanted it to be a surprise. Uh, it's not in any of the trailers. It's not, you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, so I, you know, I want to respect that and hold it till our, our spoiler conversation. Yeah. But I will say, uh, some of the, the surprises that happened in this were, um, one of them particularly was my favorite thing about the movie, not only because of the surprise of it, but because of how great it was and how often it happened through the movie. Mm, I got so, you. Anybody's seen it, I think, knows what I'm talking sure, about. Sure, yeah. So, yeah, it's the first of the two major surprises. Yeah. <laughs> it was my favorite. Yeah. The other one was fine, too. I thought it was fun, but, you yeah. know, but yeah. I think some of those felt forced 
for me. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't feel like that at all. Yeah, I'm like, uh, really, you're you're trying really hard because you like this thing to put it in a movie and make it work. Uh Uh-huh. Man, I'm really trying to dance around this. <laughs> All right, we'll hold it off till spoilers. Yeah. If you've seen the movie, you probably know what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, was there anything else that you like really liked, or you know, what I, were your pros? I like the fact that even though these movies are ridiculous and over the top, that they try to introduce because the Fast and Furious franchise and universe is all about. Besides family, it's about the tech and, you know, the cars and stuff like that. There is an introduction level of, like, some unique and, like, futuristic, uh, I'll just say, vehicles in -hmm. this that are so awesome to watch. In particular, I'm just going to say there's a motorcycle that is one of the coolest vehicles i've ever seen yeah it, and, the way, and the ways that it's used the ways that it's used are so sh- amazing yeah it's it ha- not since uh elastigirl yeah hopped on her stretchy bike have i been so impressed with <laughs> action scenes in a motorcycle so yeah yeah it was that was really impressive mm-hmm. um, i like that there in this movie delivered a lot of those moments where it was like that's amazing that's cool that's fun to watch on screen um i know it's ridiculous i know it's stupid i know it's impossible uh, yeah but i'm having a good time yeah so yeah Uh, a con though really quick is the fact that i don't like the fact that this movie's relationship with physics is so sporadic like it's not you know i like, think it's consistently divorced from physics i don't know that. <laughs> well, that's I, what I'm, that's, I don't think it's sporadic I think, I think it's very aware that physics don't exist in this world no what i'm saying is like there are certain scenes where it's like oh you can't do that because of physics and then there's other scenes where it's like eh, physics i can't even spell <laughs> physics you know so i'm like you got to be consistent that's what that's what my complaint is a lack of consistency with physics okay. if they want to go full on no physics whatsoever you have to con- you know continue that throughout the entire movie cuz then when they get to you a must part- be th- thinking of something specific where the physics mattered cuz i'm just i'm having a hard time pulling it up sure. maybe- uh, spoilers yeah we can talk about it in spoilers but yeah yeah, yeah um I, I if if they wanted to make a, a movie where the f- physics mattered, I think it wouldn't have been as fun. You know, yeah. like I, I I there is there is a glee. This is really interesting to me. There's a glee with which I suspend my disbelief in this universe. And that's an interesting thing. That's an interesting trick to have played on the audience, right? Because a lot of times we talk about how movies were unable to suspend our disbelief. Uh, it's too weird, too ridiculous, too over the top. I just can't go along with it. The real world's not like that. It doesn't make sense to my brain. Yeah. But this universe, for whatever reason, and maybe it's just personal, but I think it's happened to a lot of people based on the dollars that these movies make. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are excited to just throw our disbelief out the window, suspend it completely. And I find that fascinating that I get excited about believing in this world where physics doesn't matter, believing in this world where these ridiculous things can happen, um, where, you know, winches attach and release themselves. <laughs> I, uh, like, I'm excited about it. I'm like, I don't care. That's yeah, amazing. And I think that's where you and I are going to greatly differ. And I think, I think that's so. why you love this movie and why so. I don't. is yeah. because you love those moments and I roll my eyes at those moments. Right. And, and not only do I love them, I'm excited 
yeah. to love them because they're unrealistic. It's just yeah. this weird, again, trick. I think that this movie, this group of movies has played on us, or some of us, and and I get why people, why some people can get more, um, and I'm not saying you're angry about it, but no, I, there, there no. are people who are just like, wake up, guys. These movies are awful. And it's like, I don't know, I'm having a good time. And I think yeah. it speaks to something about how we approach content sometimes yeah and i we do approach it differently you know um mission impossible is the perfect example of a movie that tries to live in a real world while still being elevated yeah right there are elevated things that happen in the mission impossible franchise that you go oh my goodness that's amazing but you don't go Oh come on! You know, at least yeah. often, right? Yeah. Well, That's... normally because Tom Cruise is actually doing that. <laughs> and I think the reason I say that is I go into a Mission Impossible movie, and I'm always going to rank it higher than a Fast and Furious movie because of that. Oh, yeah. I think that's more admirable. But at the same time, to be able to go and have fun at Hobbs and Shaw, I think is kind of a beautiful thing. Like you know, not to have to put that same you know level yeah. on it uh it's kind of like reality tv versus yeah. dramas on tv and right Vanessa like, kirby's in both of them so yeah that's exactly right she is yeah uh so yeah so i think there's there's something about contextual approach to our media yeah. that is worth understanding and at least exploring a little bit yeah so to get into more specifics of why i'd roll my eyes is yeah. because there Tell are Moments, like I say, the motorcycle stuff that I think is just really cool. But then you talk about, like, uh, you know, winches and stuff like that that mm-hmm. I think is more slapstick. Mm-hmm. And if they were to focus more on the cool stuff, that's I've always I've said this before, but I've always been a proponent. They should have stuck with the original version and stylistic that you got from the first Fast and the Furious movie. I like that more than where it's what it's become. Yeah. You know, it was kind of grounded in reality. It was still, you know, crazy, but you know, a, a street racing world that also is involved in a criminal enterprise where as opposed to we are now superheroes for who work for the government and we save the world all the time. I, I mean, it's it is a superhero movie, and the director uh, David Leach, yeah, uh, has talked about that in interviews that he was specifically making a superhero movie, and to talk about you know some of the things The Rock does in this movie as being ridiculous is just like saying it's ridiculous when Thanos throws the moon at Iron Man, you know, like it's the it's it, he has what he's doing is saying look we're existing in a world of superheroes here and the the reason our brain has trouble with that i think is because well yeah but the movie never says where they get their superpowers from you know like and so i think that is the the disconnect or the difference but for whatever reason i'm i'm kind of willing to go along with it yeah so david leach by the way not a a director to scoff at no no he's a pretty good director um He he actually technically directed the first John Wick with the one who's credited as directing. Yeah, he's and, an uncredited director. Yeah, and the reason is they told them to go ahead and direct it together and then prove that they had both done equal amounts of work and that they would... Yeah. Um, I think the DGA is the one that decides that director. <laughs> the Director's Guild. And then the Director's Guild was like, eh, no, we only do one person to direct. Which, by the way, Joel and Ethan Coen... I was about to say. No, but they deal with that, too. That's why the movies are directed by one of them. Really? Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, mm. So it's it's kind of one of those fascinating things. And there may be rare random examples. And maybe maybe there is one that is directed by both of them. I just I, I know. thought that they both won directing for No Country for Old Men. It's quite possible. I haven't researched that. I sure. just know in this situation they were like, nope, we've got to you know have the other one. Yeah. So did Leach do the Deadpool's or was it Deadpool two? Deadpool he directed 2. Deadpool two yeah. as well. And so he obviously understands like crazy action, yeah. you know that kind of stuff, and it comes through here. I think. But the one, of course, that I love that just kind of came and went is Atomic Blonde. I really wish we talked more about Atomic Blonde, uh, and that's I think that's David Leach's best movie. Um, oh yeah. So, well, so, yeah. no, I think I like Deadpool 2 more than Atomic Dude, Blonde. Yeah. Not me. But yeah. uh, but anyways, I think he's great at what he does. Yeah. And I'm, I'm excited to see what he does in the future as well. Nice. Uh, my one last thing sure. is there are several post-credit scenes. <laughs> there are. There are. Um, funny ones. Yes. But nothing, I think it's important to say nothing like vital. important. Yeah, nothing vital. Just funny stuff that happens. So if you got to go to the bathroom, go. Like, you know, don't hurt yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't, don't risk kidney infection. What is it? A two-plus-hour movie? It is. Yeah. Yeah, it is definitely two-plus. I think it's like 220 or something even. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, we will talk more in spoilers. I'm excited to chat spoilers for this one. You would recommend it. I would not. I would... I would recommend contextually if you can go in with an op- just like this is going to be ridiculous, it's but this those, is going to be fun. If you know the Fast and the Furious universe, you know what you're yeah, getting if, into. Yeah, yeah. If you if you like Fast Five, Six, Seven, like yeah. you, you're going to have a good time at this. Um, so yeah, I think so. Yeah, there we go. Uh, by the way, the movie leaves a lot up in the air. I think that's worth saying too. Uh, identity of oh, the main yeah. bad guy is completely left up in the air. Yeah. We can talk about that more in, in spoilers. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. It's obvious they want this to continue to be a thing. So, And I'm on board. Bring it on. Uh, let's move on uh, to our best ever challenge. <laughs> best ever frenemy movies. Now, you've already hinted that you you just went ahead and said, hey, I can make this work as a frenemy movie. I really did. Half of, you, half of your top ten is now your best ever frenemy movies. Exactly, yeah. Uh, so, I will say that all of mine are in my top hundred as well. So, yeah. uh, but I did try. Here's what I tried to do. I tried to make it so that the frenemy thing was as equal parts as possible and that they both had to be friends and had to be enemies uh you know to to do what they're they're doing so it's it's a weird nebulous thing so i'm sure we'll yeah we can if, if you name one that i'm like oh come on i'm gonna say oh come on there but, you go yeah. but we'll see how it goes let's start at number five you want to start or you want me to uh you go first phantom thread Oh. Is where I start at number five. Uh, <laughs> this this one is really interesting in that is a, it's kind of about a toxic relationship, literally. Yeah. Uh, in what happens here, and of course, I've talked about my love for this movie. I love the metaphor of this movie. I love the way the food represents different things in their relationship, the type of meals they eat, when they eat them, the what tea. happens <laughs> at the meals, the tea as well. Uh, obviously. Um, and so at the end of the day, this is absolutely a movie about two people who may hate each other in a lot of ways, but also love each other in a lot of ways. Uh, so yeah, that's why it comes in at my number five. Good call. Yep. My number five. Sure. Collateral. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think that, that works. Yeah. I'm totally willing to go with collateral here. Yeah. The, because I think that, you know, while Tom Cruise is basically holding Jamie Foxx 
captive. I don't know if it's Stockholm Syndrome or what, but I think that they start to, you know, throughout the night, understand each other, and they try and better one another, while at the same time trying to, specifically for Jamie Foxx, trying to escape. Yes. You know? Yeah. And I think that's what's important, because I tried to avoid movies where people were, like, enemies at the beginning, but friends at the end, or friends at the beginning, but enemies at the end. That's a little different than frenemies, you know? Like, it it needs to be kind of at the same time. And I think this relationship definitely counts. Sweet. So, yeah. Collateral's a good choice. Yeah. That's a great movie. Oh, It has been way too long since I've seen Collateral. I watched it a couple days ago. Did you really? Yeah. That's amazing. Well, it's in my top ten, and I watch my top ten movies a lot. Yeah. I just have so much stuff, so much content that I'm trying to take in, especially television. (laughs) I do too, but I always, I procrastinate. (laughs) No, I get it. I get it. I I need to be better at, at, you know, letting stuff go and watching stuff I love. Yeah. Uh, Because I don't revisit stuff nearly enough. Number four? Uh, This is a movie I have revisited many, many times, probably at least annually. Uh, It is What About Bob? Oh! Um, Now, this one stretches it for me. It's not quite, uh, because this is one where I don't think Bob ever considers him an enemy. So it's kind of one of those things no. where, you know, and, and I don't know that, that Dreyfus ever considers yeah, him, him a friend. friend. No, <laughs> but I, so think, I think from the beginning, Dreyfus hates right, Murray. Right, yeah. So it's kind of one of those things that they're only frenemies because one of them thinks they're enemies and one of them thinks they're friends, but yeah. it's through the whole movie, so I kind of let it go. But anyways, man, do I love this movie. Oh, uh, so funny. It is, it is one of my favorite comedies of Get all time. Get away from my daughter! Oh, it is just... Uh, I love this corn. Is it hand shucked like that whole dinner scene <laughs> is the best the, oh, i'll be peace I'll, you know i'll be i'll be quiet i'll be peace uh like just it is one of those movies that just has scene after scene that i just you know love and it's murray not being sarcastic he's his character is yeah. pretty genuine i'm sailing yeah i sail <laughs> Yeah, there's it's a, been there's, way too long since I've seen this movie. Oh, this, I yeah. need to see it again. It's so great. So yeah. that's my number four. What do you got? Blood Diamond. Okay. Explain. I want to explain. Okay. So, explain this one. They're using each other. They like each other, but they're really just using each other. Leo is using Diamond to get the diamond. Okay. And Diamond is using Leo to get his family back. Okay. And, you know, by the end of the movie, it it's kind of one of those, like, we're... We kind of have, you know, interests that align with one another so we can kind of help each other. But I think by the end of this movie, they don't trust each other, but they're like, even at the end of the movie, you don't know if Leo's going to betray him or not. So. I think this I think, one's a bit of a stretch. No, I think I think you've explained it well enough. Yeah, I I would have never considered it. I you know I don't consider like I don't look at those characters and go okay, those are frenemies. You know, but yeah. at the same time, no, I think I think you're like right. I, I said, think I was very the, loose with my <clears throat> definition. Well, no, but I think you're right. At the end of the movie, it's there's still an animosity there. Yeah, but there's also still a need for each other. Yeah, so I, I think that could qualify. So yeah. well done. Uh, here's an interesting one for you. And my number three, yeah. uh, Fight Club, yes. is my number three. I thought about putting this one on there. Uh, spoilers for Fight Club. Okay, this is this is what big okay. spoiler, big spoiler. Well, this also is, because Fight Club is one of those big twist movies that you don't I didn't want to ruin. Well, that I didn't even know was a twist. <laughs> oh, okay. The first time I watched it, and so yeah. it really blew my mind. Um, it to- like I love it when when a big story movement. By the way, I already said twist, but I w- I want to start a, a petition, not an actual petition, but just a petition amongst movie lovers. Let's start using the word plot movement instead of twist. And the reason I say that is this: whenever you say something has a twist, it's immediately that thing that knowing there's a twist 
impacts the way we watch the movie. Because you're waiting right? for it. Because you're waiting for it. But if yeah. we broaden it out and say something like there's a story movement, a surprising story movement or something like that, yeah. it, it, it mutes it a little bit more so that you're not thinking, oh, it's a twist movie. Yeah. You know, kind you're of thing. You're not getting Shyamalan. So, <clears throat> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah. So, I'm trying in my own language to tr- to say twist a lot less. Yeah. But this is a major twist. Yes. Uh, so, anyways, the uh, the major twist is they're the same person, and yeah. it's one it's one of those things where yes, we are our own worst enemy, and mm-hmm. we are our own best friend. Like, could there be a better example of a frenemy than yourself? <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? At the end of the day, don't all of us feel like that? Like, I hate myself. I love myself. I hate myself. I love myself. Yeah. So this movie is all about that. I was um, so close to putting it on my list. Yeah, so I, close. I actually I went from thinking it's a stretch to thinking it's actually the best the example best of example. a frenemy, the frenemy movie that there is. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, it's in my number three. My number three? Yeah. Whiplash. What? I think They're just enemies. How I are think they, they like. I think they like each other. I really do think they like no. each other. You don't? What evidence do you have that these two humans enjoy each other's presence at all? I think that they know they need each other. Okay. I think that... He knows. Maybe. I mean, I'm not even sure I totally agree with that, but I can see that more than their friends. Do you don't think at the end of the movie when they're like looking at each other, like, you were right? And oh, then no. he looks at each and they, I think they look at each other and they both just go, you were right. No. You don't? I, I don't see that at all. Mm. No. I think it's a big middle finger. I think that whole thing at the end is a big middle finger from both of them. I think they are enemies from start to finish. Interesting. Yeah. I think that he. Okay, getting into the whole psychology of how I broke down this movie. <laughs> yeah. I think that he is teaching him, he's like, I see something in this kid. I'm going to break him. Well, I think that, yeah, I think that's yeah. his stated goal, yeah. Yeah, but I think that he knows, like, this is the guy, and he likes him for being the guy, but he knows what he has to do to him in order to get... I'm more willing to go with you from... Um, from his perspective, from um, why does his name just Andrew slip? or J.K. Simmons? Yeah, J.K. Simmons' perspective. Okay, more willing to a little bit go with you, not completely, but a little bit. But there's no way that the other way is the same. There's you don't no think so? Res- no, I I can't even. Yeah, no, I think yeah, I think that's a big big no for me. Okay. But, but boy, do I love this movie! <laughs> so, any chance to talk about it is fine with me. Yeah. So you go ahead and keep stretching categories if we get to talk about Whiplash. Uh, <laughs> Best yeah. animated movie of all time, Whiplash. <laughs> That's right. We'll just stretch the, the animated personality of J.K. Simmons. There's some character. CG on the drumming. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Whiplash <laughs> is our favorite animated movie. Yeah. Number two. Number two. Uh, Cable Guy is uh, my number two. Do you really think Broderick ever liked him? Um, yeah. Yeah. I guess by the end, no. But I even but I even think at the end there's a, a little bit of empathy for that character. Yeah. You know? And so it's kind of like a man, I you know, I hate that you're this awful person or whatever. I want to like, you know, like yeah. I want to be a good person. Yeah. Um, but their relationship strikes me as a frenemy relationship. Like, you know, where it's like, we're friends, but you know, also I'm out to get you or I'm out to leave you or those kind of things. So, yeah. Also, I just really like the cable guy. Good. So yeah. I had to mention it. Yeah. What do you got? Uh, my number two. Sure. It's probably your number one. Lord of the Rings. Who's the who's the frenemies? Couple in Lord of the Rings. We have Frodo and Smeagol, and we have Legolas and Gimli. 
Hmm. Legolas and Gimli. They don't like each other. I'll give you Legolas and Gimli. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Well, Frodo go. and Smeagol I'm not going to give you, but I'll give you Legolas and Gimli. Okay. That works. Um, yeah. They're frenemies, for sure. All right. I think technically they're probably 90% friend and 10% enemy. Yeah. But that may just be my so That's Lord just racism. The, <laughs> <laughs> the 10% racism? Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Um, so, yeah, that's my number two. I'm, I guess it's not your number one since... No, my number one is Toy Story. Oh, Buzz and Woody. Yeah. Uh, the first Toy Story. Yeah. The first Toy Story, yes. Because definitely not in the sequels. They're just straight no, up friends. No, they're straight up friends, uh, you know, uh, pretty much at the beginning of Toy Story 2. But even yeah. at the end of Toy Story 1, it's kind of like a begrudging, like, okay, we're going to do this thing together. And you know they're headed that direction. But but yeah, for pretty much all of this movie, it's it's the definition of, you know, frenemies. Yeah. So, yeah. I like, I like Toy Story. Yeah. Uh, movies I considered were like Finding Nemo with like Marlin Dory. and Dory, but that's more of just a transition from mm-hmm. being enemies to friends. Um, Up, I considered, you know, but, you know, Up makes sense in more of the what about Bob way where one of them's completely unaware of it. Yeah. But the other one, but yeah, I couldn't make a lot of the Pixar stuff work because it's more of transitional, but sure. But yeah, but there yeah. you go. My number one. Your number one. The good, the bad, and, and the, the ugly. ugly. I think this is this is a great fit for this category. Yeah, yeah. Uh, specifically for um, Blondie and Tuco, the good and the ugly. Um, they kind of like each other. <laughs> like they joke around and stuff. Nobody in this movie trusts one another, though. They are always ready to shoot the other one in the back. Yeah. You know, if it means like I think he's. I'll play along with him, but I know he wants to kill me. And they're all thinking that about each other. But they need each other. So, also, it's the greatest movie ever made, so (laughs) there you go. There you go. Why wouldn't we mention it? Uh, Did you have any honorable mentions? I got a lot. Do you? Yeah. Um, I've got a few as well. I think we have... Run through your list, and then I'll just mark them off mine. Sure. I think we have to mention The Nice Guys. Yeah. Um, That's... Such a fun movie. Yeah. And Russell Crowe and... um, Gosling. Gosling are just so great as frenemies. Um, I like The Heat with... uh, The Heat? Yeah, with Sandra Bullock and and, uh, Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. I think they do a good job. Uh, I think you have to mention Winter Soldier. You know, you got Bucky and Cap. I think that's a... Doesn't that fit the category? No, yeah. Okay, I'm just... Because I keep, you know, my mindset is always Bucky is good now. I got to keep reminding myself, oh, yeah, in the Winter, Winter Soldier, Soldier, he was the villain, you yeah, know? for sure. Um, I think maybe the classic superhero example of Frenemies has to be Magneto and Professor X, yep, right? I had so, X2, X-Men United. That's I had the, it first class as my best example okay, of it, but yeah. yeah. So I think that one has to be mentioned. Um, let's see, T two. It was Do, on my list. T yeah. two. That makes sense, right? Like Connor I mean, doesn't trust Sarah. Doesn't trust. Yeah, him at exactly. The, yeah. So I think that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I would also mention Forty Eight Hours. Yeah. Um, mean Girls. Yeah. I think is worth mentioning. And then I don't know that this one really fits the category, but they are such great enemies for most of the movie uh, that I think you kind of think of them as frenemies. But the Emperor's New Groove. Um, oh, with Cusco and yeah. uh, what's his 
uh, Pacha, Pacha, yeah. Pacha and Cusco. Um, but by the end, they're friends. You yeah. know, they really, it truly is just a transition from enemies to friends. But yeah. they they feel like frenemies because of how much they hate each other for, for most of that movie. Yeah. So so yeah. There you um, go. So the ones that you didn't mention, one I'm surprised wasn't on your top five. Okay. Catch me if you can. Hmm. You don't think Tom Hanks and Leo are friends throughout yeah, that movie? Yeah, no, I do. I do. I think it's a great example. Yeah. I just it didn't click with me, mm, but okay. I do. I do love that movie. It's great. Uh, Thor Ragnarok, Loki, and Thor yes. are a great example of frenemies. I think, I think you're right. Yep. Um, you said the heat. I'm going to go with heat. With heat, yeah. Because yeah. Pacino and De Niro, they like each other and they respect each other, but they are out to kill one another. And Rocky three or four. Because I think Apollo Creed and Rocky, that might be what you're talking about, where they're enemies that transition to being friends. Right. So that might not fit your definition. But another one that I really like is District 9. Oh, okay. I would have never thought of that. Yeah. Because that also could be one of those definitions of uh, people just or not liking each other and then transitioning to being friends. Right. So, yeah. Very nice. Good choices. Uh, thank you uh, so much for those choices. We'd love to hear your choices as well. Yep. Uh, before we head on to the SIF Quest, a reminder that you can help support SIF Pop by becoming a SIF Pop member uh, at Patreon. So support starts at 3 bucks a month, comes with some fun perks. Um, I know we've got a lot of stuff that we kind of do in this section with, you know, kind of feedback, that kind of stuff. We had said we were going to uh, read some of the reviews that have popped up on iTunes iTunes. Uh, so I wanted to make sure that I was able to do that. Um, so thank you. Thank you so much for... We're going to call this the vanilla moments. <laughs> well, it's so great. I, I love when negative things get turned into positive things. Yeah. Uh, so this one's from Zwachito. The Vanilla Chronicles. <laughs> this one doesn't mention vanilla, but says, no. Love the show and back and forth between Aaron and Andrew, one of my big inspirations to start my own podcast this summer. Hey, awesome. So congratulations. A note to others who leave... Uh, reviews that mention that they've started a podcast. Promote your podcast. Yeah, like I would, I would love to get a yeah. Plug away, guys. If you listen, if you're telling us how amazing we are, we'll plug what you, what you've got going on. You know how to feed our uh, egos. That's right. That's right. Uh, so, anyways, uh, I would really appreciate that, uh, Cheeto. Thank uh, you. Joey says vanilla for the win. Hey. <laughs> Pop's unique format and likable hosts keep each other uh, keep each episode fun and refreshing. If you have any interest in film then this podcast is definitely worth your time thank you joey very much appreciate that and then finally this one comes from tayman 713 uh the subject is i love vanilla exclamation point (laughs) sif pop makes it easy peasy to stay current with the many movies coming out week after week the format format is consistent and the hosts aaron and andrew have a genuine passion for movies what's most impressive to me is how they're able to articulate their thoughts in a way that's that casual moviegoers such as myself can appreciate and understand each episode is a delight highly recommend oh thank you yeah very sweet we appreciate that 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 should just be our like promotion poster right yeah, there. Right there. Like, uh, we appreciate those reviews uh, if you want to leave one at Apple Podcasts uh, feel free throw some stars at us let us know what you think uh, we'll be delivering the vanilla every chance the we vanilla get the vanilla chronicles 
And we do it because oh, we're able to do it because of our amazing Sif uh, Pop members. People so, like you. Uh, so thank you so much for supporting us at patreon.com slash Pop. One other thing I will mention mm. um, is that the uh, Jordan Peele, the Peele pack, the two pack yeah. of the Us and um, uh, Get, out. Get Out Blu-rays, uh, we'll be awarding those next week. So uh, we will be compiling and we will be doing a random drawing for those. And uh, we will announce next week who has won those. And then finally, a uh, big shout out to a new Sif Pop member. A new we got, one. Yeah, we got to give uh, give shout outs to our new members. Um, the new member. Is it a new roofer? No, no, no. it's not. Uh, but it is $10 them. a month. So thank you so much to hey. Sam. Uh, who has? Oh, in fact, this is Sam Wise. This is Sam who's been on the podcast. Is coming through and supporting us at ten bucks a oh, month. Sam, Sam, Sam Noland. Uh, so if you get a chance to check out Sam's stuff, um, he was your Godzilla buddy when we did the Godzilla podcast. Yeah, you can was. check him out on that. Uh, he's on Twitter. You can see some of the articles that he's written uh, for um, for our friends among the internets. Um, John Agronis. <laughs> this, this web, website. I guess you could call it. You could call it like the a web, web, like an interweb. Yeah. Uh, like a like worldwide, worldwide even. Yeah. Web. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, but thank you, Sam. Much appreciated for your support. If you'd like to support again, go to sifpop.com. Nope. Don't go there. I mean, you can go there, but go to <laughs> patreon.com slash sifpop. Go All to right. sifpop.com to follow the link That's to right. Patreon. That's right. And it is there. And, you know, honestly, if you want to see all the stuff that Sifpop's doing, sifpop.com is a great place to go. So feel free to do that. That's just the scenic route. All right. Let's move on to the Sift Quest. <laughs> okay. uh, you can get these in at feedback at sifpop.com if you want to email us. Uh, this one's, one comes to us from Matthew via email. Uh, with the return of Twilight Zone, what are some other anthology shows or movies that people should check out or that you would like to see make a comeback or get rebooted? Uh, rebooted. 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 Uh, I've been on vacation, guys. <laughs> I was going to say reboot. So, uh, <laughs> that show does not exist. Speaking of rebooted, my brain needs rebooted right now. Uh, he says, I'd love to see a modern Tales from the Crypt. Uh, that could be interesting. Yeah. So that's from Matthew. So let's talk about it. What are what are some of your favorite anthology shows or some ones you'd like to see rebooted? I think that we need to set a precedence that there are two different types of anthology shows. Okay. There's an episode-by-episode episode anthology show. Right. And then there's also a full-season anthology show. Yes. Like, like True Detective. Or American Horror Story. Or American Horror Story. Yeah. Um, so I got a couple of examples of both. Uh, the big one, the most obvious one, is Black Mirror. Yeah. If you haven't seen Black Mirror, see Black Mirror. It's that simple. Yeah. It's great. It's pr- the best anthology show ever. I... I... The answer's yes. Uh, I'm going to have to think about it. Uh, I sure I, do love Twilight Zone. I, was just, I think that quality over quantity, I think that there are some <laughs> episodes of Twilight Zone that are better than Black Mirror, but I think on a cons- consistent basis. I'm willing to, Black, I, believe me, I'm willing to discuss it. I just, yeah. I'm just not willing to go there completely yet. Sure. Uh, but yes, Black Mirror, if you don't watch it, watch it. It's incredible. Yeah. Uh, and what's incredible about it even more to me is how consistently thematic it is with technology um in the the whole idea of the black mirrors that we see every it's day the, phone. the television the phone the computer screen when they're off they're just a black mirror yeah um so yeah i love it um every single or i shouldn't say every but there's like a really good quant quality quantity of episodes where i go that's gonna happen 
Yeah. That's going to happen. And yeah. I think that that's what makes the show so, you know, uh, addictive. You're like, oh, what is the crazy thing that somebody thought of that is obviously going to happen in the future? I just heard a technology person. I wish I remembered. <laughs> I wish I remembered what her name is. But I just heard an interview uh, with her. She's a technology journalist. And she was talking about how silly it is for these social media companies to talk about, uh, you know, not realizing the negative things that are happening with their platforms. Specifically, she was talking about Facebook at the time, but it happens yeah. with several of them. Um, and she says, look, it's it's this easy. Look at your technology, write a Black Mirror episode around it. You'll see what the negative things that can happen. There's no reason Facebook shouldn't have been prepared for some of these things that they yeah. say they were unprepared for. And so it's it was kind of interesting to think about it in that light. Like, you know, I think, think of the Bryce Dallas Howard episode. Think of the wor the worst case scenarios, right? And and make sure that stuff doesn't happen, or at least you're doing your best to not let that stuff happen. So, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Black Mirror is great. Yeah. That was mine. I threw out what you got. Um, well, I have a bunch. Oh, okay. Uh, I thought we were just going to go back and forth. No, we can do that. Yeah, yeah let's do that. Um, I have to mention uh, Room 104. I need to see you this really show. You really do. Uh, room 104 is fascinating. Again, it gives you a... It limits its writers to everything happens in this one hotel room. Yeah. And what I love about Room 104, so many anthology shows are fear slash horror slash thriller based. Which I get. Yeah. I understand, you know, we deal with fear in a lot of different ways. And so there are a lot of different fears that we can approach. But this isn't always like that. In fact, it's often not like that. It's It tells human stories that just happen in this room. Um, it is an HBO show. Understand it is HBO content. Uh, so, you know, some of the stories are more sexual. Some of the stories are more violent. Some of the stories are just comedic. But, you know, that's what's interesting about an, antho an anthology show. And this one usually hits pretty it doesn't hit as well as black mirror does on a consistent basis mm -hmm. but i'd say at least two out of every three episodes i'm really enjoying or they're making me think about something you know in that way so it's i think it's one worth watching i think there's two seasons already and i think season three is is starting soon it may be three seasons and season four is starting soon but i think it's two seasons and season three is starting soon so sweet there you go uh i did think of a comedy show yeah tell me about it mst3k you know what? I didn't even consider that as an anthology show, but absolutely, 100% it is. Yeah. Are you still watching the new ones? Yeah. I still I, think I it's funny. I stopped watching the new ones, um, not because I didn't think they were funny. I actually think they are really funny. Yeah. Uh, I just, the time investment. That's the, the thing. The return on investment for me just wasn't clicking the way I wanted it to. Well, MS, all the mystery science, you know, it's a movie. Yeah. It literally, it's a movie. Yeah. It's longer than the movie because they have skits in between. So, right. but I think that, you know, just growing up with a show and, you know, there's a nostalgia factor because my dad and I would just always growing up watched every single episode of the old run of the show uh the old run um i think the quality is better i think the voice cast is better in the old one but i think that the new netflix run is really funny yeah so i, I think it's really funny as well um and i i would recommend it again i just i've had a hard time keeping up on it yeah. um i wanted to throw out another hbo uh, no, not HBO, Netflix mm -hmm. uh, show, Love, Death, and Robots. Uh, uh, we actually reviewed this. Yeah, I was thinking about it. I didn't know if it was more... Uh, 
I guess yeah, it is technically anthology. I just thought of it yeah. as skits because they were like what three sure. five minutes something sure. really short. I guess you could talk about Saturday Night Live being an anthology <laughs> show if you wanted to, yeah. and that's you know like that sketch the sketch way. comedy. Yeah. Um, but no, I think this is these are several stories. They're each individual stories, um, and I would consider them episodes. You know what I just um, realized from this photo? This is an audio podcast. I have Andrew, to. But... I have to bring this up. <laughs> okay. The fact that that burger hasn't deteriorated, just you know. Uh-huh. Uh, it just shows how it's, there are you know, two robots uh, standing uh, across from a burger that is moldy but not deteriorated. Yeah, because you know there's so <laughs> many like uh, you know chemicals and stuff that they uh-huh. put in our food now yeah. that they just don't deteriorate. Yeah, that is a really really cool little like, Look Easter egg right there. Look, Look at that, that burger. That is Look at that moldy crazy. burger. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> All right. Uh, again, all the warnings with Love, Death, and probably even more warnings with Love, Death, like Euphoria-style warnings with Love, Death, and Robots. <laughs> uh, number three for me. Sure. I'm going to go with The Horror. Okay. Um, I don't know this one. AMC show. The first season was about a couple of ships that got stuck in the Arctic, and they're trying to get out, but there's a supernatural element. Everything that this show does is it's a it's a season anthology show, so it's a same same you know show for an entire season, kind of like True Detective. Mm-hmm. But um, each season is about a real life event that happened, but they add a sci-fi mystery mystical twist to it Mm. so it's a lot of fun and i really recommend it the first season is great and season two starts in a couple days i think two days from now very nice uh i have do you possibly mean the terror what did i say you said the horror yeah oh i'm sorry i meant the terror okay okay that's that's why i couldn't find an image for it and i meant to ask you about it but yeah (laughs) whoopsie (laughs) yeah uh, it's fine, Phil. It's an audio podcast, so uh, no worries. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. I have two. Well, I have three more, but they're in two different categories. I do have one that I would love to see rebooted if it could be done well. Yeah. And that's Alfred Hitchcock Presents. Um, th- if, if you could really find the spirit of Hitchcock in what yeah. he did with these, uh, I would I would enjoy that. And to do it, I think you would have to have a different director each episode and like really good directors because that's what Hitchcock did. He, yeah. he put really good people in charge Will of the storytelling. Will you just deep fake him to do the intro? <laughs> you, I mean, you can, right? Like, you yeah. do any, Did you see the, the Nick Offerman Full House yeah. video? Where they all had mustaches. Yes. Well, they all were Nick Offerman. Yeah. <laughs> I, it was just like, I, listen, I know we're all scared of deep fakes for very good reason. It will change the way we understand authenticity and believability. I couldn't but, care less. But man, we're having fun, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. the world's going down, but boy, we're having fun. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's crazy. Uh, I have one more. Okay, go ahead. There is nothing wrong with your screen. <laughs> The Outer Limits, man. Yeah. Uh, I never really got into The Outer Limits. Really? So, yeah. I think that it's so close to Twilight Zone, but I think that there's a more sci-fi, whereas I think that there's, you know, a more... What am I... No, I think that there's more of a a fantasy version to Twilight Zone's sci-fi element, you know? Mm. They're very similar shows, though. And I could see why somebody would be like, why would we reboot The Outer Limits? The Twilight Zone's already back, you know? But, oh, man, there is, like, if you can't find a good uh, Twilight Zone episode, just check out The Outer Limits. You'll find some good stuff there. Nice. Very nice. The other category that uh, I had was stuff that hasn't 
come out yet or that I haven't seen yet. Actually, I think one of them is out on uh, CBS All Access, but I just haven't seen any episodes. But I thought this might be interesting to people. Uh, Star Trek short treks uh, on CBS All Access. Just these little Star Trek stories uh, that happen in an anthology type way. Um, Look at that. That's Rain Wilson. That's crazy. So you might want to check that out. And this one hasn't come out yet, but I guarantee you What If is going to be one of my favorite anthology shows uh, when Marvel finally releases it. Yeah. So so I wanted to mention that one as well. But uh, thank you, Matthew. Thanks yeah. for the question. We appreciate it. If you want to do a SIF quest, uh, all you got to do is uh, let us know. Email us, feedback at SIFBOP.com. You can also hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Aaron Dicer. Uh, my DMs are open for just such an occasion. Uh, let's finish out with some buried treasure. What's that one thing in any area of pop culture that you want to make sure people know about? I'm going to go with a documentary. Nice. Yeah. It's called Choke. Okay. It's about Hicks and Gracie, that man right there. So it looks like uh, like a MMA kind of thing? Yes. He is the greatest ju- Brazilian jiu-jitsu fighter of all time. And when did he fight? Uh, early 90s and I think... Wow, so through. nobody's been as good as him for like 20 years? He has a record. It's... Uh, <laughs> 506 wins, zero losses. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. He, the Gracie family is... Wait, the, I know his name. Yeah. Yeah, no, a, I know... He has a brother, I, Hoist Gracie. Hoist Gracie is the one I think yeah. I know. Yeah. Hoist Gracie is a pretty famous one. Oh, yeah. but he's better than Hoist oh, Gracie? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Hickson Because I remember... Well, okay, when I was in college, I remember um, whatever it was... Was it... Ultimate Fighting Championship still, or what was it called back then? Well, they had um, a bunch back in the day. But UFC back then, it was, it was like way underground, yeah. and it was one of those things where it was like, ooh, it was like Faces of Death. It was like, ooh, we're not supposed to be watching this because they could kill each other, you know, yeah. kind of thing. I forget what it was called. There's but, Bellator, there's uh, no. UFC, and then... Mm-hmm. There's yeah, there's so many from Anyways, back in the day. Anyways, I yeah. remember hearing about a Gracie that would fight in those and would always like take down these giant guys yeah. and put them in sleeper holds. And yeah. I just, you know, I, that's funny that I would remember that name from 20 years ago. Oh yeah, very famous family. What uh, the backstory on them is? By the way, if you're looking at this and you're saying, but his podcast. name says Ricks and Gracie. They're Brazilian. Brazilian speak Portuguese. Portuguese pronounce the R's like an H. So it's Hicks and Gracie and Hoist Gracie. Okay. Because the father named his sons Rolls Royce, but they're Holes and Hoist Gracie. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. Um, but the Gracie family, they, uh, these two brothers from Brazil started to learn jiu-jitsu. And they're like, I think we can put our own spin on it and, you know, make it even better. And hmm. they founded the Gracie Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu School. And they created Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which now today is the most influential form of, like, a wrestling and stuff like that. And Hickson was the greatest there ever was. And this is a documentary about this tournament that is held in Japan. I don't even know if it's held anymore. It's eight men, only one can go undefeated. And the it's interesting because the uh, documentary... I think I saw a movie on this called Bloodsport. It is so much like Bloodsport, <laughs> it's not even funny. Because there's a guy from the U.S., there's a guy from Brazil, uh-huh. a guy from yeah. Japan, you know. Um, and it's interesting because the documentary really focuses on him but it also in you know does a couple interviews with some of the other uh fighters in this tournament so it kind of puts this seed in your head like 
wait, am I about to see the one where Hickson finally loses, or what's mm. going to happen in this, yeah. you know? Um, and it is a fascinating documentary. Where, it is Bloodsport, the documentary. Where can where, where can we view this? YouTube, for okay. free. Yeah. It's on YouTube. It's called Choke. Yep, Choke. All right. The Hickson Gracie documentary. And, and is, it a, is it a new documentary, or has it this been out for out a while? This came out in 1995, I oh, think. Oh, wow. So, okay, that makes sense as to why it's on YouTube, then. It's just yeah. been around forever. Yeah. Okay. Really good documentary, though. Interesting. Very nice. Uh, My Buried Treasure, guess what? What? Guess, guess what category it's going to be? Is it going to be Disney? It's going to be reality television. It's oh. still the summer. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've been watching Bring the Funny, uh, which is a new uh, reality show is where... Jeff Foxworthy? Yeah, it's Jeff Foxworthy, um, Kenan Thompson, Thompson. Uh, and... Oh, what's her name? It just totally slipped my mind as the third judge. Um Huge on social media. She's pretty funny. Um, She's married to John Legend, right? Yes, yes, yes. Chrissy Teigen. Chrissy Teigen. Yes, Teigen. Yes. Her Twitter, by the way, is hilarious. Is it? Um, So anyway, so they are judging comedians of all different kinds. And this is what I love about this show. It's not just stand-up comics like Last Comic Standing was. It's also sketch comic groups. It's also musical comedians. It's magic comedians. Uh, There is a puppet comedian who is hilarious. Um, And so there's all these different kinds of comedians on the show. And it's fun to uh, to kind of watch them and and I laugh, you know, like anything yeah. can make me laugh. I'm good with so it's a lot of fun. So they're in the like the semifinals already, but I'm sure like through uh, on demand you can go back and watch the earlier episodes if you're interested in laughing a little bit. Also uh, worth noting, my, my kids grew up watching on YouTube this uh, comic sketch group called Studio C. I don't know if you've heard of Studio C. Yeah, they did the um, Scott Sterling yeah, soccer, which exactly. is one of the funniest skits ever. Yeah, so Studio C, you're right. They did the Scott Sterling stuff um, and some other things. Yeah. One of our favorites, because uh, my oldest son has type 1 diabetes, they do a diabetes sketch that's hilarious. Oh, really? Like, the the, the whole premise of this, the sketch is they're confronting him about the needles they found and the drugs that they found. <laughs> and he's, like, trying to tell them, guys, like... I have my my you know Insulin. my pancreas doesn't work. It's like yeah, you, we know what insulins are. We've heard what they do, <laughs> that kind of stuff. So oh, that's funny. Studio C is great. Well, they have uh, ceased to be Studio C a couple years ago, and they're now I forget what they're called now, but they're on Bring the Funny, oh, okay. um, and they're doing really well. So uh, so that's just kind of an aside, but I'm really enjoying laughing. Is it a competition where somebody moves forward, or yes. is it just like hey, we're going to so, have new people on every single time? So the first several episodes were just groups of people and then they would pick i think five of the however many i think they did like 10 an episode and they pick half of them to go on to the next round the new rounds that they've just started the semifinal rounds are head-to-head battles of the same kind of comedian so um you know two different guitar comedian you know comedians who have you know get to play with a guitar or kind of like the go against each other yeah yeah exactly uh and then they pick one of those and then i'm not sure where it goes from there but that's where we are right now so i'm just looking at this uh, panel of judges and the variety and styles of comedy that each of them use are so different from one another that it would really you know lend itself to a very wide you know appreciation as opposed to you know having three you know tom seguras or whatever exactly no i think they did good good job with the judging panel um because i'll tell you right now if i was up there no magic or ventriloquist comedian would ever make it past that first round (laughs) 
What's your problem with the puppet uh, puppet comic? Ventriloquist, I cannot stand. Oh, they freak me out. Now, now this is ventriloquism. Even is, Jeff Dunham, like okay, I hold on though. No, no, no. Do you, but do you understand the difference between ventriloquism and puppetry? Are we talking about like Sesame Street kind of yeah, puppetry? Like puppetry, okay. there is no ventriloquism. Okay, because there's no, no yeah, human. Yeah, there's no human. There's no yeah. human. It's just the puppet. I'm so, okay with puppets. Just well, there you go. Well, it's just a puppet comedian. It's not a ventriloquist. Okay. So you're <laughs> safe. Good. You're safe. Yeah. It's a safe space for you. Yeah. Uh, I'm Bring the Funny. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, you can check that out. Bring the Funny is airing currently on some one of the networks uh, somewhere. So find it there. Yes, <laughs> I don't know which one. Uh, well, there we go, Andrew. NBC. We did it. NBC. That was about I was NBC. It's on NBC. 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 We did it. We did a podcast, man. Fourth gear. Congratulations. For it real. has happened. We set forth to podcast and completed our goal. Vroom. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today on Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network, which you can find out more about at studiodna.media, or you can search Studio DNA in your podcast player. I just realized on Apple Podcasts, Studio DNA is considered an artist now. So, like, all of our podcasts are on, you know, we have our own, like, podcast network page and everything. So, that's kind of cool. So, yeah, just search for Studio DNA in whatever podcast player you use. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out. Car noises. Car noises. Yes. Car, oh, car noises. Yeah. I thought we were. It was one word that I didn't know what it meant. Car noises. Car noises. Car. It was. It's a very, very awkward carnivore. I it was like this Greek greeting that yeah. I hadn't heard. No. Car noises to you as well, oh, Andrew. Car noises to you. Car noises to you. You can check him out at Flick Freaks on Twitter. Huge thanks to producer Phil for doing the live video show as well as doing the production of you the audio. You guys are my favorite well. Usos. Oh, oh, thank, thank you. you. Car noises to you. Yes. Car noises to all of us. Uh, you can uh, support us, like I said, at uh, our Sif Pop membership at Patreon. We appreciate our members so much for giving monthly to make Sif Pop a real live thing. Uh, support starts three bucks a month, and you can get every bonus episode uh, as well as some other fun perks uh, that are there, including a monthly video hangout. Uh, you can find out more at patreon.com slash Sifpop. Uh, lots of ways to connect with us. Feel free to comment, rate, throw some stars at us, leave a review at Apple Podcasts. We like those, and we'll start reading those if we get those in. Uh, or you can email us at feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show, too, so make sure you let them know about it, and that listening is much easier than connecting chains to winches with the sheer force of random luck. Uh, we're going to be doing some spoilers for Hobbs and Shaw up next in your podcast feed, and then we're going to be back next week with some thoughts on... I'm I'm going to say good boys that's probably the main one next week so okay. it might change everything is subject to change yeah just like movie pass <laughs> you know the contract yeah. you signed it we're changing your email passwords yeah all right we'll see you next week beard burgers yum it sounds yum. like red robins <laughs> and they serve burgers there so you yeah. know it's very close to boogers. Burgers and boogers and boogers and burgers and beards and beers. Beards and beers and burgers and boogers. Yeah. It's my new restaurant. Beards and beers We're going to call it beers, beers, burgers. and beards, burgers and boogers.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 